Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Edubabble Emporium, where we use satire and sarcasm to expose the truth of what is going on in our public schools. So sit back and enjoy, and welcome to the Edubabble Emporium. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, listen. My name is Reginald Dobby. I am a guest host here on the Edu Babel Emporium. I'm honored to be here. Um, listen, the Edu Babel Emporium is a place where we use satire and sarcasm to inform about the goings on in public education. Listen, I've been a teacher's aide for 42 years. I'm a huge teacher's union member and an advocate. I put my blind faith and trust in the union since the very start of my career. Today's episode is going to focus on the person that I have deemed to be the patron saint of our current educational social justice revolution, Barack Obama. Without his bold leadership, we could never have established a stranglehold on the narrative and the constant stream of propaganda that saturates our classrooms. I'm going to paint a picture of our great President Obama, how he started out as a naive leader but through divine inspiration, he blossomed into a social justice champion that helped to transform our public schools into bastions of social justice, shattering the walls of implicit bias and systemic racism with boldness and progressive political fervor. Join me as we follow this journey of Barack through his almost Messiah-like transformation. It's an amazing, beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, I want to start out first by giving a couple quotes here about uh, the National Education Association, which I, I love. I've been a member of it for a long time. Pardon me, folks. I got a dry, I got a dry throat here. And so I want to read a couple quotes from the National Education Association so you can see why I'm a full uh, supporter of everything that they represent. So here's a first quote right off the website here. It says, the National Education Association believes that in order to achieve racial and social justice, educators must acknowledge the existence of white supremacy culture as a primary root cause of institutional racism, structural racism, and white privilege. White supremacy culture perpetually exploit and oppress people of color and serve as detriments to racial justice. Listen, folks. We need to own this as white people, that we are the reason that there's problems in the black community. As soon as we can acknowledge it and we can own it, then we can start doing some things about it. And listen, it's happening. Beautiful things are happening right now, thanks to the Messiah of Public Education, Barack Obama. We'll get more into that in just a second. Another quote here is, is beautiful as well. It says, racial justice is the systemic fair treatment of people of all races resulting in equitable opportunities and outcomes for all outcomes what does that mean exactly that means that in 1976 when the NEA put their full support behind Jimmy Carter if Jimmy Carter was going to create a very powerful powerful department of education so that we could centralize that power at the federal government the federal level to gain more control over local districts, to implement, implement more mandates. And it's exactly what happened. It's the first time that the NEA ever supported a candidate for president. 
And since that time, uh, we have become a hyper-partisan organization that is full-fledged, progressive, through and through. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, folks. Uh, here's another quote from Aseo Inau. He is an intellectual. And his quote is very good because it says, The grading is almost always employed in order to control students, to force students to be accountable, and measure or rank students either against each other or against a single standard. Each of these purposes for grading in classrooms is detrimental to learning generally and more harmful to many students of color and racial linguistically diverse students. And that's exactly right. Because what's happening is that, that the marginalized population is being held down by this systemically racist system and grading is at the heart of it. It needs to be gone. We need to get rid of the grading system, folks. We need to get rid of the, the standardized testing and different things that are holding the marginalized populations back. So I want to give you a little speech here. This is the very beginning. Before Barack Obama was elected president, before he was the actual president, and he gave a, a speech on Father's Day, which was in June of 2008. It was June 15th. He started out young and misguided, but he progressed. But I want to show how he was human. He didn't know what he was talking about in some respects. And I want you to hear this right now. So he's going to be talking a little bit about uh, being a father in the African-American community. So just hold on a second. Let's listen. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. Missing from too many lives and too many homes. They've abandoned their responsibilities. They're acting like boys instead of men. And the foundations of our family have suffered because of it. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know that more than half of all black children live in single-parent households. Half, a number that's doubled since we were children. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. They're more likely to have behavioral problems or run away from home or become teen parents because the father wasn't in the home. The foundations of our community and our country are weaker because of this. Think about it. How many times over the last year has this city lost a child at the hand of another child? How many times have our hearts stopped in the middle of the night with the sounds of gunshot or sirens? How many? All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think we can all admit here that, that uh, a young Barack Obama, a little bit naive here, he's trying to blame uh, the lack of fathers in the home at, at, for the problems in the black community. I think we know better than that. I think we know that systemic racism, white privilege culture, implicit bias, the fact that the, the, the deck is stacked against the blacks, the black men, and listen, it's not their fault. Uh, how can you be personally responsible for that when for hundreds of years the white people have made your life a living hell? 
But the beautiful thing is, is that Barak progressed and he learned from it. And we will find out later on exactly how he did that. And um, But listen, we're all human, folks. We're all human. That Father's Day speech, there's some good things he said in there, but to try to actually put the blame, to put the blame on the black man is just absolutely ridiculous, okay? Um, and we all know that. So, you know, the thing about it is, is that I think that he progressed, the public schools are progressing as well, and I think that um, without Barack Obama making that transformation, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I wanna remind you of something he said he said that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of schools, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. They are more likely to have behavioral problems or run away from home or become teenage parents themselves. And the foundations of our community are weaker because of it. Listen, he's trying to dump all that responsibility on the black community, on black males, on lack of fatherhood, on broken homes. That's wrong. We all know it now. We recognize it. Listen, you don't need to have a happy home. You don't need to have a father in the home. The patriarchy has held down women. It has held down women for hundreds of years. You don't need a man in the home. Kids don't need their fathers. Come on, let's be honest. It's the 21st century. Things are different. But listen to part two. Thanks for listening. This is just a little bit of the precursor that's going to allow you to see the transformation of Barack Obama and how he transformed our schools. And part two is going to be all about the Dear Colleague letter that changed it all still has a lasting impact on our schools today. Thanks for listening to the Edu Babel Emporium. I hope you learned something that even Barack Obama was human, but he changed. Thanks for your time and see you next time. Don't forget to listen to part two.